0: What else? Well an and the grazing livestock. Anam is a plural of naam. And the word naam is actually used for a camel, but the plural form anam is not just used for camels. Rather, this word is used for grazing livestock, grazing domesticated livestock animals. But remember that these include only four types of animals. The word an'am includes only four types of grazing, domesticated livestock animals. It doesn't include pigs. Although they may be kept in farms, they may graze, they may be a part of livestock, but they're not included in this. Only four types of animals are included in an'am. What are they? Camels, cattle, cows, and goat, and sheep. They are included in an'am. Others say that an'am also applies to wild animals four-legged hoofed herbivore animals which ones? wild meaning they're not domesticated they're in the wild they are four-legged they have hooves and they're also herbivores only herbivores meaning they only eat plants so what do they include? for example deer antelope elk moose all of these animals are included in an'am as well and we learned this from the Quran جَزَاءُ مِثْلَ قَتَلَ مِنَ النعم. That if a person He is in the state of ihram And he hunts Because in ihram a person is not allowed to hunt Then he is supposed to give the Recompense for that What is that recompense? Similar to the animal that the person has hunted So for example if he has hunted a deer What is an animal of the an'am that is similar? Goat So these are an'am Now generally we see that an'am, it's only people who farm, they are the ones who like an'am. For example, how many people over here like goats, and sheep, and camels, and cows? Well, Okay, alhamdulillah, there are still people who like them. I love them as well. But very few people, they have a shahwa for these animals. They have a craving, desire for these animals. But we see that the animals which are, which I mentioned to you, the wild four-legged herbivores, for example, deer, this is also a part of status symbol in some places, in some cultures, in some areas, that people actually own these animals and they will keep them in their private properties. Why? Because it's a part of status symbol. So this is also of the Hrubb al the Prophet when he sent Ali to Khaybar, he said to him, "By Allah, if a single person is guided by Allah through you, it will be better for you than a whole lot of red camels. If one person is guided through you by Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, if you are a means of guiding one person, that is much better for you than owning a hundred red camels. That's much better for you. So we see that." These things, these animals, an'am, they are khubb which means that they are a test for a person. That what does he do with them? Does he use them to please Allah? Does he prefer more important things over them? Are these the only priority for him in his life? Or is there something else that is more important? Well, health and the fields, and the lands. The word health is from the root that is haratha, and health is used for land that is cultivated and it's also used for crop. People also like tilled land. So we see that people, they're proud of their properties. And many times we see that people whose ancestors were landowners, they will talk about them that my grandfather or my ancestors back home, they were landlords or this is what they own. They own this much land. Even if they themselves have never seen those lands. Even if they don't know a thing about farming But still they are so proud of that Why? It's a status symbol It's something that brings Honor to people So people take a lot of pride In owning land And ok Yes in particular Harth has been mentioned over here But other than house People love to own land People love owning Their own house Their own property And sometimes they have one property But still they want More and more They have a smaller house But what do they want? A bigger house Then they want a house With some property around it With a huge backyard Or a huge backyard And a front yard A house on A property So what house And the fields Now all of these things People love them What does Allah say All of these things They are what They are a mata Of this worldly life What is mata Something that is enjoyed temporarily something that is a necessity but it is enjoyed temporarily the benefit is temporary and the time of enjoyment is also temporary if you think of it none of these things none of these things that are mentioned over here you can have them forever for example a person has a beautiful horse what happens to the horse? it dies or for example a person has a whole lot of gold and silver but the enjoyment, the pleasure Is still limited It is temporary If you have even 50 sets of gold Can you wear them all the time? You can't, you can only wear one And some people they go to the extent of wearing Two or three at the same time So all of these things They are imata Of this worldly life You enjoy them temporarily The enjoyment is very temporary How temporary is it? That you enjoy them only until they last, or you enjoy them until you last. Either you die, or they finish. So you only have them for this worldly life. And notice, hayat al dunya has been mentioned. Dunya is from the root dal nunwa. What does dunug mean? To be low, of little value. So compared to the akhirah, dunya is very low. The matar of the dunya is nothing. Is very insignificant compared to the enjoyment of the hereafter. So these are the things that people spend their whole lives worrying about. Everybody spends some time, some effort in acquiring these things. In acquiring a best spouse, best husband or best wife, the most beautiful one. Similarly wealth, then a car, then a house, then some pets, then one thing or the other. So these are the things that people, they spend their whole lives trying to acquire, trying to get a hold of. But what does Allah say? They are here only temporarily. Or you are here only temporarily. You are here only for some time. So all of the delights of this life, they're short-lived, they're temporary. Wallahu Who, but what Allah has, Allahu Who, and Allah with Him is what? Husnul Ma'ab, the best of resort, the best abode. The word ma'ab is from the root letters hamza wa'uba, from aba. What does it mean to return? And ma'ab, it begins with me, what does it mean? Place of aba, meaning place of return. And the word ma'ab does not just mean place of return, but it also gives us the meaning of time of return. So what Allah has with him is the best place of return. All of us have to return to Allah. All of us have to go back to Allah. But if a person uses these things that Allah has given him to prepare for that return, then what Allah has with him as reward for those people, that is the best return. We learn in the Quran, Surah Al-Ankabut, Ayah 64, Allah says, وَإِنَّ الدَّارَ الْآخِرَةِ لَهِيَ الْحَيَوَانِ The home of the hereafter, that is the true life. And the word has been used Hayawan, Plural That it's not just one life That will end It's not just one enjoyment That will end But the enjoyment of the hereafter The pleasure of the hereafter Is going to be continuous and eternal So if you compare the two One is the حُبُّ Shahawat, The desires Of this world And on the other hand Is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers What is better? That which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala offers for the hereafter. We see that all of these things are mentioned over here. Women, children, horses, all of these things. What are they? Necessities of life. You need them in order to survive. You need them in order to live. Which is why they are shahwad they are natural desires. For example, you need a spouse. Everyone wants children. Everyone dreams of having children. Similarly, Wealth is needed as well It's the basis of economy If you don't have money How are you going to eat? How are you going to travel? Similarly al الْمُسَوَّمَةِ Transportation That is also a necessity Having a car Is like a necessity today You can't do without it Similarly you need money You need these assets You need property You need land You need something Through which you can gain money Through which you can gain your sustenance So what is the problem then? Is liking these things something that is wrong? Something that is disliked in our deen? No. All of these things are a necessity. The problem is in being over excessive with these things. It is being overly involved with these things. It is in being occupied with these things all the time. And one is to be occupied with these things and the other is to be occupied with them and think that it is okay to be involved in these things all the time and think that it is okay think that it is fine what does Allah say in the Quran أَلْ competition in worldly increase that has diverted you from that which is more important you have one thing you want more and then you want more you enjoy it once and you want to enjoy it again so when a person indulges in these desires excessively that is when it becomes a problem Otherwise all of these things are necessities They are a part of life Allah has put the love of these things in our hearts The inclination for these things in our hearts Allah has beautified these things for us So liking these things Using these things is not a problem The problem is In being overly involved with these things So we see On the one hand All of these things are a test for us But what do you do? You have them Do you forget Allah or do you still remember Allah? And on the other hand these things are also an opportunity for us to do shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Think of it. When you have a nice car that is warm that functions perfectly fine in the most cold weather even. There is so much snow but your car is driving perfectly fine. There is a storm outside. It's raining heavily and you're sitting nice and dry comfortably in your car. So when you're sitting like that What does that remind you of? The blessings of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, on the one hand, yes, they are a test. On the other hand, they provide us with the opportunity to do shukr to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you didn't have a good spouse, if you didn't have a good car, if you didn't have a good house to live in, good children, or children at all, How would you do shukr? What would you do shukr for? Obviously there are so many things that a person can do shukr. But these blessings are very obvious. They are very obvious to everybody. We forget about the blessing of eyes, the blessings of having an ear that functions, having a stomach that functions properly. But these blessings, spouse, children, money, food, transportation, these blessings are very obvious to us. So when we have them, when we use them, they provide us with an opportunity to show gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also at the same time, all of these things can be used to earn good deeds, to increase in the darajat of the hereafter, to increase in our reward in the hereafter. It depends on the person. What does he do? It depends on us. What do we do? What do I do? Am I so involved with them That I ignore Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? That I ignore my responsibilities? Do I love them so much that I don't care about how I'm acquiring them? So they are a test. They're a means of providing us with an opportunity to do shukr. And they're also an opportunity for us to increase in our darajat in the hereafter. For example, when it comes to women, since they're mentioned first in the ayah. We learned that women are fitna for men. But at the same time, there is a hadith of the Prophet wasallam which tells us that الدنيا mata'un. This life is an enjoyment. al salihah. And the best of it, delight. The best delight, the best enjoyment in this dunya is who? A righteous wife. Why? Because a righteous wife, what is she going to do? The man looks at her, he's happy. He talks to her, he finds comfort. He speaks with her, and she gives him advice similarly she cooperates with him when it comes to performing good deeds so having a companion in life who is not just a source of fulfilling your sexual desire but rather a source of helping you in your deen that is also a big blessing so yes all of these things they are natural desires but at the same time they provide us with an opportunity to increase in our darajat in the hereafter to increase in our rewards as well similarly when it comes to banin, when it comes to children they are a shahwa. people love to have children, but if a person has a child and he trains him properly, he teaches him good things he teaches him the deen and the child grows up to be a righteous child and the person dies and the righteous child prays for him what is it? beneficial for him so Sons, having children, is not something that is condemned. is not something that is disliked in our deen. But we have to use these blessings properly. We have to use these blessings to earn our Akhirah. Not just to enjoy this lowly temporary life. Because this temporary life will be over soon. Or the things that we have in them will expire soon. Use them to earn the Akhirah. They are tools That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has provided us with So that we can make our akhira Similarly, money al min al wal-fidda If a person has a lot of dhahab and fidda What does he have to do on that? He has to give zakat on that If a person didn't have that money How would he give zakat? If he didn't give zakat Would he get the reward for giving zakat? So having money In and of itself Is not something bad but if a person uses it to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he uses it, he acquires it in a lawful way, he uses it in a lawful way, and he spends it in order to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is immense benefit in that for a person. We learned so much about spending in the way of Allah. Those who spend for the sake of Allah day and night, openly, secretly, so much reward for that. If a person doesn't have money, how will he spend if he doesn't have money how is he going to spend how is he going to get reward so these things have been given to us so that we can earn reward similarly horses were mentioned from a hadith we learn that horses are of three types and you can imagine this as your car you can make it relevant to yourself by thinking of your car that horses are of three types what are they? first of all the horse which is a burden for its owner it's a wizard How is it a burden? It is the person who looks after the horse, who wears the horse. Why? In order to show off. Out of pride. In order to cause hurt to others. In order to show off to the others. that Look at my horse. This is what I own. Look at my car. And it's not just this one car that I own. I own this car as well. And it's not a model that is three years old. No. It's this year's model and look there is no scratch on it look at the color look at the leather look at the number plate it's custom made so when a person thinks like this this kind of a horse this kind of a vehicle this kind of a means of transportation is what? a burden on a person how is it a burden? Okay, yes he is earning sin which will be a burden on him on the day of judgment but even in the dunya such a vehicle becomes a burden on him why? because he has to spend so much time In maintaining it In looking after it Yes, of course Everybody should maintain And look after What Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has given them But when a person is So excessive And he's so obsessed With what he has That he's checking everything With magnifying glass Is there a scratch over here? Is there a scratch over there? And it should be shining And if it has rained Oh my God I'm going to have to take my car For another car wash This is what? It becomes a wizard on a person It becomes a burden on a person The second type of horse is that which is a satr. That which is a shield. How is it a shield? It is for the person who wears the horse. Why? For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But does not forget the right of Allah concerning the back and the neck of the horse. What does it mean by that? Meaning, he uses it in order to benefit other people. So for example, he uses it to benefit himself. He uses it To benefit other people So for instance He uses it to fulfill His needs to go around For his convenience Similarly If there is another person Who wishes to take a ride with him He gives him a ride He doesn't think Oh my back seat Is going to get dirty Nobody ever sits there And if I give a ride to people When it's raining Or when it's snowing My mats are going to get dirty No he doesn't think like that So this kind of a car This kind of a horse Is what a shield for a person He used it In the right way He didn't show off He used it to fulfill his needs He used it to fulfill the needs of other people So it will be a means of protecting him On the Day of Judgment The third type of horse Is that which makes its owner entitled to reward It's a means of ajr On the Day of Judgment How? It is for the person who rears the horse Why? So that he can use it For the cause of Allah he can use it feasibil. The only reason why he has that horse is so that he can use it for the sake of Allah. And in particular, horses are used for what? For battle. So he has it so that he can use it for jihad fee Allah. And in looking after a horse, remember, it's not like you've parked your car in the garage and when you need it you take it out. No. You have to look after the horse you have to brush it, you have to feed it, give proper food to it, you have to make it, you know, just like people take their dogs for walks. Similarly, the horses need to run. They need to be trained. So it requires a lot of work, a lot of effort. And so, each time that this horse eats something, that the horse pastures, each time that the horse does anything, even when it's not directly involved in the battle, everything that the horse does, it brings reward to the person. So much so, that even the droppings and the urine of that horse, they will be considered for what? For reward for him. Because the horse is eating, it's drinking, the man is providing for the horse, the horse is there. Why? Only so that the person can use it for the sake of Allah. So everything related to the horse will be counted in his good deeds. Every step that the horse takes, every turn that the wheel takes every turn, every drop of gas that the car takes in, what is it? it's a means of reward when when a person uses it for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. even the hadith tells us that every footprint of the horse that will also be counted as reward for the person because he's using it entirely for the sake of Allah so if you look at it, a person could have a car just so that he can show off. Another car he has, so that he can fulfil his needs. Another car he has, why? For the sake of Allah. So for example, he can go to the masjid. She can take her children to the masjid in the evenings. Why? So that they can learn Quran. Or she goes somewhere to study the Quran. And every drop of gas, every time, the wheel turns. Every time, remember, the ajr is being recorded for the person. Now if a person says, no, al-musawama, that that is shahawat الشَّهَوَاتِ I'm not going to get a car. Even if I can afford it, no. I'm going to live a simple life. Is he going to get that reward? No. So we see that these things, they are حُبُّ shahawat but they have been given to us so that we use them properly. So that we can earn reward. So that we can prepare our hereafter. And if you look at it, the horse that I mentioned to you, the third type of horse, okay, back then people used them for jihad. But today, what is jihad? What type of jihad is needed today? Of educating people. Our Muslims and non-Muslims. About what? About deen. We learn in Surah Tawbah, Allah says, وَمَا كَانَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ لِيَنْفِرُوا كَافَ It is not for the believers to go forth to battle all at once. Meaning it is not that all of the believers should go to battle. Even when... There is battle. All of the believers must not go to battle. Why? فلولا نَفَرَ مِن كُلِّ فِرْقَةٍ مِّنْهُمْ طَائِفَةٌ في الدين. For there should separate from every division of them a group to obtain understanding in the religion. فِي الدين. From every community, there should be some people who have dedicated their lives, their time, their money. Why? To learn the deen so that they can spread the deen. So, yes, at that time people used their horses. If today you are using your money, your car, to help people learn the deen of Allah, what is that? That is a means of acquiring the hereafter. Then we have the grazing livestock, the an'am, and the huf. What are they? Assets. Things that are of great value but we see that even on these things zakat has to be paid zakat has to be given on livestock on cattle similarly ursh has to be paid on land that has been tilled land that has been harvested so we see that the purpose of these things to summarize is what we use them for the akhirah we don't get lost in them but we use them to earn our akhirah زُينَ إِلَى لِلنَّاسِ حُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ مِنَ النِّسَاءِ وَالْبَنِينَ وَالْقَنَاطِيرِ الْمُنْقَطَرَةِ مِنَ الذَّهَبِ وَالْفِضَّةِ وَالْخَيْرِ الْمَسَوَّمَةِ وَالْأَنْعَامِ وَالْحَرْثِ ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَاللَّهُ عِنْدَهُ حُسْنُ الْمَآبِ So what is needed is moderation. That we don't go into extremes. Our deen does not tell us to become tariqud dunya, to become those who completely abandon dunya, to not get married, to not have any children, to not earn money do not have a horse do not have a car no this is not what our deen tells us that we have these things we enjoy these things but we don't get lost in them and we use them to earn our achil Assalamu
1: I was just thinking whenever we did these ayahs just a few weeks ago I went home because uh, my grandfather had gotten very sick and I had realized like the last two weeks I spent with him there was one thing that he kept on doing Like well first That's like the whole time Like he had been remembering Allah Like every time You know you would listen to what he was saying He'd either be reciting Like you know something from Quran Or he would be saying ilaha illallah or something But one thing I noticed Is that every time you know I would adjust his pillow Or his blanket or something I would you know cover his hands So he doesn't get cold And he would always Move his hands out of the blanket And he would just keep them out like this Both his hands And after he passed away, my uncle was telling me that the reason he did this is because once there was a story about some great leader or something, and I'm not sure exactly how it went, but basically he had, like, a lot of wealth, and he had, like, you know, people knew him as a very great person, and at the time of his death, he asked the people to keep his hands out, so when people saw him, and they saw his hands, it was, like, empty, and that's what my grandfather kept doing, even unconsciously. He would just keep his hands out. And um, every time you asked him, like, do you want anything? And he would say, no, Allah has given me everything. And it just made me realize so much that, because like throughout his entire life, all of these things that have been mentioned, he had a nice house, he had kids, he had the wealth, everyone respected him, everyone knew him. But at the time of his death, he was like, I don't have anything, and I'm leaving this world
0: with only my deeds is something to think about. So everything that a person has, it's only a matah for this life. And it's up to us. What do we want to do with it? Do we want to invest it so that we have that which is much better in the hereafter? Or do we get lost in this so that we ignore the hereafter? We, as Muslims, we don't just have the responsibility of obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's not just this responsibility upon us That we have to obey Allah We have to worship Allah We have to do that which is halal only And stay away from that which is haram That is something very important However, we have another very important responsibility Upon us as the Muslim Ummah And what is that? That we have made the Ummatan Wasaqan So that we convey the message of the Deen To other people And if we say that No, this is my life, my comfort I have to look after my house, my children, my family, my car, my this, my that. And if we don't take time out for the deen, then what are we doing? We are forgetting our purpose. We are ignoring our goal. These things Allah has given us so that our life becomes easy, so that we can benefit the deen. We can serve the deen. Not that we start enjoying them and we get lost in them and we ignore our purpose in life. Umar al anhu. When he heard this ayah, when this ayah was recited to him, what was his reaction? We learn in Fathul Bari. He said, "Allahumma innā la نستطيع illa an nafraḥ bima زينته lana. Allahumma inni as'aluka an unfiqahu fi حقه Oh Allah, we cannot help but be happy with those things in which You have placed an attraction for us something in which you have placed an attraction for and then we are human beings we cannot help but be happy with all of these things I ask you that I should spend these in the way that they should be spent I use these things in the way that these things must be used and what is that way what is the haqq of these things that we use them in a way that is halal and we use them to serve the deen of Allah we use them to spread the deen of Allah. Which is why we see that Umar radiallahu Anhu, when he became the Khalifa, when he became the Caliph, how much he did to serve the deen. That he left all of these luxuries completely and he focused on benefiting the Muslims, on growing the deen of Islam and the Muslim empire grew so much at that time. So many people became Muslim at that time. And if he said, oh, this is natural deen, I mean... I'm going to be inclined towards it This is something natural I have to use it I'm going to enjoy it And if his only focus was his own pleasure His own enjoyment Then what would happen? From another tradition we learn That he said لَا نَسْتَطِيعُ إِلَّا أَن نُحِبَّ مَا زَيَّنْتَ لَنَا فَقِنِي شَرَّهُ وَارْزُقْنِي أَنْ أُنْفِقَهُ فِي حَقِّكَ That we cannot help But love that which you have adorned for us so save me from the evil aspects of these things, save me from the evil of these things, what is the evil of these things, that we get lost in them, we use them in the haram, we earn them through the haram and give me the tawfiq that I use them for your sake so loving these things liking these things, appreciating these things is natural it is something that will happen. But the moment you begin liking these things, that's when your test begins. What do you do now? Do you get lost in them? Or do you use them for Allah's sake? Do you use them in a way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala approves of? Because once a person gets lost in these things, and there is no limit to it. There is no end to it. Before, the dream was to have a nice family, a house and a car. But now, to have a family, to have houses and to have cars and gadgets and beyond so righteousness is not in leaving these things and abandoning these things, no, these are a part of life, they have been called mata, which means they are something that you need to survive, it's a necessity of life yes it's temporary, but it's a necessity it depends on how you use it all of these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us we don't know when they're going to be taken away from us Or when we are going to be taken away From this world So the wise one will be Who will use these things To please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Not to displease Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who will use these things So that he can attain the pleasure of Allah How? By using them for the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Qarun He was told That That which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Has given you so much wealth what should you do? Seek the home of the hereafter through this. The home of the hereafter? Seek that. Try to get that how? Through what Allah has given you. And at the same time, walatansana min minad dunya. Do not forget your share of this dunya. Meaning do not forget to give your own haq as well. So we see that balance has to be maintained. And what is that balance? that a person uses these things to fulfill his needs, but at the same time, he uses these things to acquire the Akhirah. Because if he does not use them to acquire the Akhirah, then what happens? They become a burden. Remember the three types of horses? They become a wizard then. So a perfect balance has to be maintained. So we see, at another place in the Quran, Allah says, Surah Al-Munafiqun, Ayah 9, Ya الَّذِينَ لَا تُلْهِكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَلَا أَوْلَادُكُمْ عَنْ ذِكْرِ O you who have believed Let not your wealth and your children Divert you from the remembrance of Allah Don't get so lost in them That you get distracted By the remembrance of Allah Use them to attain the pleasure of Allah Use them to attain the home of the hereafter Be involved in them But only as much as is necessary Only to the extent of muta. That's it No more than that Because their reality is mata They are not eternal so we see that all of these things, they have been called shahawat They're pulling us. They attract us. All the time. You see a nice car, and you wish you would have it. You see an advertisement, and you wish you could have that particular thing. You see such a nice offer, you see a beautiful house, you see a good opportunity, you want it. All of these things are what? They're pulling us towards themselves. And there is an attraction that has been placed in our hearts. You know how like there are two magnets? So if you bring them close in range, what's going to happen? They're going to be drawn to each other. And this is the reality of us as well, that we are pulled towards these things. But at the same time, what do we have to do? We have to hold ourselves back as well. We have to keep ourselves together as well. We have to pull ourselves towards that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala likes, towards that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling us to. So it's like as though we are in a talk of war. That one side is pulling us towards the dunya. And the other side, we have to pull ourselves to the akhil. To that which is on the other side.